welcome to the Tan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, episode number 18. We're fairly cracking on with this. We, every week, without fail, we've managed to put a, a week, a, a, an episode of some sort, some sort of dribble onto the onto the show. So, um, absolutely. So yeah, and I, a lot of that comes down to you, Tom. I mean, also I, I, I was uh, MIA one of the one of the weeks, but um, you, you've kept it. You've kept it going, Tom. Rubbish, so. rubbish. We're a, we're a two man team. But what I will say is, last week has been. I mean, the last two weeks have been record-breaking for us. I mean, last week, we have had more people listen last week in during that seven-day period than ever before. So thank you. Welcome to all new listeners. We're delighted to have you with us. Also, Charlie Bannerman, congratulations. You are the most listened to interview so far. So hopefully, we're going we're gonna to get some more and continue on. But um, yeah, we're, we're delighted to have such good numbers. So... We hope to continue to bring some good talk content to you all. So, um, yeah, so speaking well, of which, Thank Kyle, you very what, much. What have we got this yeah, week? Um, I, I, will, I will say before before we go into this week, um, the check will be in the post all those uh, extra 100 listeners who, who have managed to click um, and listen to the show and boost their stats. So thank you very much for that, guys. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so what have we got on this week? So we've got an interview with um, recently crowned Great Aberdeen Half Marathon winner and GB International for this running and orienteering um, champion Chris Jones. And Tom, you're going to be speaking to him later on. So that'll be a really good insight into his training and what his goals are. And yeah, he's, he's also a, a fan of the show as well. So hopefully it'll be insightful. Um, and also a couple of other things we're going to chat about, um, obviously our training, how well it's been going, also a bit about the Great Aberdeen run, how we felt our performances were, and we've also got the Scotland teams announced for the Commonwealth Half Marathon Championships in Cardiff, so we'll chat about that as well, Tom. We absolutely so there will. There we go. I do like the fact that you've you've uh, you've claimed that Chris is a fan of the show. I know he listens to the show. Fans may be a strong word to use. Hey, anyone who listens to the show is a fan of the show in my in my eyes. I don't care what anyone says. Even if I force them to listen to it, they're a fan. Exactly. But it was great. We Obviously, we've got the interview. It was great of Chris to do that. It was great. We, had a, we met him and had a chat with him at the Great Aberdeen Run on the weekend, which was cool. Um, great guy. Delighted to uh, catch up with him. And, oh, yeah, as you say, we'll talk about the Great Aberdeen Run, which was... I thought it was brilliant, mate. I thought it was a great weekend, great event for the city, and you know it was really, really good to see a, a big event in Aberdeen. Well, I suppose Tom, we we could, I suppose we just crack on with that because I mean our training's not really, you know, in the build-up to a race and, and and you know after the race we've just been doing easy running other than Absolutely. today for me anyway. Well, um, what, I will say, so yeah, what, so, what I will say is, what did, so what, talk us through what you did in the week up to the race. I know you did a good session last week during the race, during the week, and you had a dynamite run with me on Friday. So tell the listeners about your your week ahead of that race. Well, I suppose you've got a good point. Sometimes the, the last few days is the vital ones, isn't it? Um, but yeah, in terms of the Great Aberdeen Half Marathon is the one I did. Um, I wasn't looking. It's, it's certainly not an A race for me. It was probably a B race. Um, the main focus for me is Chicago Marathon. So I was going into the the week 
the week off the race um, with, with some good volume of training. Um, but as I mentioned, Tom, personal circumstances at the moment um, ended up running, kind of ended up taking a bit of a back burner, to be honest. Um, just a, a few personal things going on at the moment. And um, running really, I, I kind of lost a little bit of focus with, with, with running that week. Um, but yeah, I managed to get out and, and do some easy running. Um, it was quite good to run with you, Tom. You kind of perked me up a little bit on the Friday. We did a cheeky little uh, eight-mile run uh, just around the city. The last three, four miles was um, was part part of the route, wasn't it? Uh, up towards Balgany and Hillhead and Seaton Park. So, so yeah, that was really good. And then on the Saturday, I did a, the day before the race, I did an easy six-miler just around Benahee, just around the the bottom of it. So not any hills, but again, that was nice and easy. I did some strides. And that was me, all all suited and booted for the Great Aberdeen Run, Tom. Um, so yeah, I was so uh, in, in terms of of trait of the prep, I felt it went really well. But um, it, I suppose the whole week was, and even in, in, into this week, it's a little bit. Again, I'm not going to rant about the not even rant about the personal issues I'm having at the moment. They're, they're not. They're not certainly not. Um, not not anything huge um, in the grand scale of things, but. It does put a a, a kind of a dampener on your training, and possibly it, it came into the race as well for me. But hey, you've got to, you've just got to crack on, don't you? You know, and be as positive as you can. With certain certain things will, will get in your way. Um, but yeah, the, the the day the day of the the day before the race, we had James Espy, um He's a Scottish international runner. He's he came round, and Kenny Wilson as well, who who came round. He Ended, he was the winner of last year's Great Aberdeen Run 10k, so he came round for some uh, crispy lasagna, and uh, unfortunately crispy because I keep burning the bloody thing. But um, yeah, it was hopefully good fuel for me. Um, got an early night, and yeah, got got to the race in good time. So so that that was it for me in terms of the build-up, Tom. So what about what about you? What, what did you do? So yeah, I was, you know, exactly the same as you. Not uh, not an A race by any means. It was very much a, a sort of a, a race as part of training on the route on route to on route to Frankfurt. That's not to say I didn't want to run well. So of course I had a I did have an eye on it. So the the week was um, relatively yeah it was a relatively normal week to be honest. I had a a session on the Wednesday, uh, which was what did I do on Wednesday? I'm cast my mind back. Yeah, I did four by ten minutes, four minute recovery, which was good. Nice to sort of pretty much end up locking at marathon, a uh, half marathon pace for those, which was quite uh, reassuring ahead of the weekend. And the rest of the week was was easy running. So I had a week of with the half included, I had a week of seventy six miles. So I was, you know, the the mileage has been yes, the mileage has been pretty consistent at the moment. It was good to catch up with you. I had a nice, as you say, that nice run on Friday around the course. And what was that was a bloody torrential uh, rain as well that run. Oh, it was bloody awful, wasn't it? It was Absolutely. boiling, boiling water on the road. It was, it was that bad. It's crazy. Jeez, oh. so, Freezing as well. We were. It was. So I mean, you know, the, for me that was that was a good, a bit of an easy run to end uh, an, a week, which, as I say, one session and a lot of easy running, easy on Saturday as well with some strides. But what we what we should mention before we talk about our race performances, we were both we were both involved with the the press call. On Friday afternoon at Marshall Square, which was a well, it certainly is a novelty oh. for me. 
<laughs> I can't say it's uh, I can't say it's something I usually do as well, Tom. You know what I mean? All, all I like I could, it a little bit better than you. But... Well, I can all I can say is you know uh, to the people of Aberdeen who who or to those who listen to Radio Scotland or watch STV News on a Friday, I can only apologise for the fact that. Robbie and Chris and Kenny were not available on Friday. Yet, <laughs> I mean, I know Kyle and Fiona have got credentials, but um, yeah, I think I like to think I was representing the everyman in those in those interviews. <laughs> oh, that's right. You, you're right. Yeah, you, you. We'll come on to your performance in a we minute, will. but oh, that's I'm, rubbish. I'm, no, I'm, it was that's great. Rubbish. It was really, it, was you, really, it, it was great. A phrase to get involved. You to be there. It was, no, I'm I am jesting. It was great at Fraser to get us involved. I really enjoyed doing it. It was great fun, even though it was pushing with rain while they're trying to get us to s- stretch outside Marshall College. <laughs> and you know, the game. Well, yeah. you know, just to the listeners, because I was, you know, this was new to me. Someone says come to a press call and ask answer questions to the press. I'll be honest. Instantly, I'm imagining I'm imagining a a press conference like you would see in you know professional sport sat at a desk answer questions <laughs> now <Nah. laughs> what this involved was running around outside marshall square in our kit with a, a number a, a fake number pinned to our stuck to our chest while all these all these journalists are just taking photos of us asking us to run ask us to stop running ask us to keep running and then what was hilarious was this guy grabs Kyle to take him away for an interview. Someone grabs Fiona to take her away for an interview. This guy comes up to me and says, are you Kyle Gregg? I said, no. He goes, all right, never mind. <laughs> I was like, thanks, man. And then the next, the other journalist came up to me and Fiona and said, oh, are you the husband and wife team? And uh, to which we both rolled our eyes. Um, but anyway, it was good fun. It was, uh, it was good. Uh, it, was, it was good. It was. Did, 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 you, did you see it on TV? Did you see it on FCV News? No, but someone told me about it. What? Did you oh, see it? Oh, come on. Right. Hey, guy, listeners, STV player, Friday the, what was it? Oh, Friday the what? Friday the 24th of August at 6pm. Look, look out for that one, STV News. Catch up on the STV player. Very good. Yeah. So. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't listen to the radio Scotland. Who was speaking there? Was was that was that you or me? Or? I think it was. Me. I spoke a load of dribble or something. <laughs> I really hope it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> it was me and Fiona on Radio Scotland. Apparently, I mean, I haven't heard it, but one of one of his colleagues heard it. So, um, anyway, so that was uh, that was good, and that led us well into well. What I will say is that led us well into Saturday. So Saturday was was nice and straightforward for me. Easy run with some strides. Pick up Kyle's race number. Pick up Kyle's racing shoes. Oh no! <laughs> and then, and then that's nothing to say there, Kyle. It takes us on to Sunday and the race. Okay, babe. Ah, uh, so, so what does Tom do to my racing number? Well, I suppose what we'll say is I needed a pair of racing shoes for for the race. I looked at the ones I currently had. They had holes in them. Uh, they had no bounce left. So I was like, right, Tom, can I message Tom because I I knew that he was picking my race number up. Uh, run for it so I asked him can you um I, I phoned run for it in advance to say I want a pair of these shoes size nines can you leave them behind the the, the till so that Tom Bryan can pick them up yes Kyle no problem that's, that's absolutely fine so then I proceeded to message Tom and unfortunately never received the message on time um, and you're already at the shop 
And and what did they say to you, Tom? So yeah, so that's the the that the crucial bit is I went down to get this the, your your number, picked up the number. You're lucky actually. I had left the shop and I thought, oh shit, I need to get some socks from it. So I went back in, and Lucy Taylor shouted to Lucy who works in run for it. Lucy said, oh yeah, you had to pick up Kyle's shoes. I said no, his number. She goes, oh Kyle says you're going to pick up his shoes, and I sort of went, fair enough. I guess he's paid for them. She said, no, he says you're going to pay for them. <laughs> I almost went in there on my run without money, so you're a lucky boy. So Anyway, so, uh, so um, do, I do joke. That's what friends are for. I'm delighted to pick up his shoes. Having said that, I'm picking up Kyle's race number. Kyle's race number, I find, is one of, <laughs> apart from, I know it's Robbie was the same, one of, can only be two or three guys who didn't have their name printed on the number. So above the number, there's a blank space where, for example, mine would say Tom. So I thought to myself, that is, that's not on. Kyle needs to have his name written on his number. So Kyle, so Kyle then proceeded to run the race with K-Babe, which I thought was quite a, quite a nice, cheeky little name for him to get some nice shouts around the course. And how did that work out for you? So, so what did I get? Nobody knew who Kyle Gregg was anymore. It was all about, go K-Babe, go K-Babe. <laughs> and that, that was it. I was like, oh, you bastard. So the whole way around the course, not only was I looking behind for Tom, because he was creeping up next to me, almost. Rubbish. I was like, you bastard. Call me K-Babe. All these, there's me trying to get a name for myself. And now all I'm called now is K-Babe. Excellent. Uh, Tom, like I, like I said to you before, it's, it's 1-0 to you. Yeah. This I'm, is war. Yeah. yeah. What I did like is, there's a, one of my favourite parts of the course is when you're coming back down the dual carriageway from the ACC and you're passing everyone on the other side. I was going up and you were coming back down. You'd already turned. I just gave you a wee, come on, K-Babe. And you got <laughs> too pressed. Especially in the headwind I had to deal with. Yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, so, unbelievable. Yeah, well, well done, you. A fantastic thank you. Oh, so, yeah, let's, please so let's talk about the race. Let's talk about our race then, Tom. So, how, how did your race go? How did it pan out? So... To cut to the chase, I ran 73.44 for fourth place. Now, last week, you'll remember I said I was hoping to go mid to low 74s and challenge for a podium. So I, I would say I failed on one, failed on one, but did better than expected on the other. So I, I'm really pleased with the result all in. I think it's one of those days where I look at the field and I think, to be honest, I've been beaten by guys who... Who I would, who on paper now I expect to beat me, and I've beaten everyone who I would expect to beat. So, on that, I can, I'm pretty yeah. pleased with that. And as a time, you know, I was three minutes quicker than last year, so, so a good result, a strong run. I felt really good in the last three, four miles, which is encouraging. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy with that. And also the fact that I was in a wee bit of a tussle. I was in fifth place for about the first six miles. So to come past the guy from Shrewsbury AC, of all places, who was in yeah. fifth pl fourth place up until six, six and a half miles. I went past him up the Seton Park Hill, went past him Oof. and uh, never looked back. So, yeah, pleased with that. And, and yeah, it was good. It was great, actually. The, the first little, I would say, mile when you were still sat in front of us and I could see you. I thought you were going to get a crick in your neck. You were constantly looking back to see where me and Jason Kelly were. Oh, I'll tell you, my, my, my neck's still sore. <laughs> <laughs> I was, but no, um, I, 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 was, I was pretty pretty impressed by your, your run. Um, it's, I suppose it's, it's difficult to know, like, who's going to race, who's running well. And I suppose to come fourth, fourth is that, I've, you know, the last couple of races I've done, I've come fourth, haven't I? And it's a 
bugger a position because you, you you don't you're not you just miss out you just miss out in the podium, um, but equally it's still a really really good position you know, yeah. um, and the fact that you're happy with it and I was looking at your 10k your your 10k time at the halfway was it 3420? Uh, yeah, 3420. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty. So that's that. promising for yeah yeah. Is, well, I mean that, yeah I mean to put that into context that's only 10 seconds slower than my best this year so okay i yeah. know it's probably a net downhill 10k but you know i certainly went through that cruising so so yeah that was good um and i mean it's a it's a, fun, a funny course i mean I, I i actually like it i think the hills in the second half separate the men from the boys and i'd like to think that i respond well and that's two years on the bounce where the guys around me have dropped back or i've pulled away from them either or in that last three four miles, and I, I like that. And especially that those bits are the the climbs as well. You know, there's a real a lot of climb in the last couple of miles, yeah. or the last three or four miles. So, well, it's interesting. Um, that's look, definitely promising. You look, yeah. at the, you look at the folk who do, who've done well between the two races. I mean, obviously, we'll get to it, the results in whole. But Robbie, obviously, absolute outrageous run to win the 10k. You've got yourself, Chris Jones, Jason Kelly running strong, all of whom have got you know pedigree on on hills. And the women's race won by Ginny Barand, Metro Ladies captain, who did fantastically, closed really well. You know, Ginny's been doing a lot of hill running recently, ran Sierras and now with Robbie. So I'm wondering whether there's a, it's, it's a course where if you've got the, the legs in the last, you know, strong legs for that last three, four miles, you can, you can really execute. Yeah, I would totally agree, Tom. Um, yeah, I think definitely there was a lot of, it was it was a tale of two halves really. Um, you know, the first half was really quick, and I think the people who did it last year would understand that you're going into a race where yeah you're going to have to really pace yourself in the first half because if you don't, you're just going to completely blow up. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think there was quite a lot of blow ups and you know various um, stages of of or of, of abilities as well. You know from the top end to mid mid pack to even at the end as well. I was speaking to a few people who really struggled in the last half because they went on far too fast. You had a fit, you had a tailwind along the prom, um, and that was at the start. So I think a lot of people are really really uh, keen just to really push on, but push on too much there, um, and it can it, can, it certainly caused a few issues for. for some people at the end. but yeah uh, really good performance by yourself and, and certainly other folk as well which we'll, how, we'll mention well how was um, yours so, yeah. let's hear about your run well, how did, I, how like I say you know I, I'm, I'm quite happy that you you know I, I didn't have to turn my, my head um, the last couple of miles looking out for you Tom so uh, that, that's, a, that's a result for me I would say uh-huh. the last, <laughs> let's be honest the la- I'm fl- I am flattered but by the last few miles you're in the last 12 miles <laughs> was, ah, don't be oh, st- Stop it. Um, well, no, after, well, it especially, especially after your 4.10 first mile, whatever it was. 40, yeah, the first mile marker, right? Uh, you know, no disrespect to the, 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 the mile markers. I think they were almost all bang on other than the first mile. Yes. And the first mile was like 4.45. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is Robbie Simpson's 10K pace. <laughs> and I'm doing a half marathon. I'm buggered now. Like, but no, that, I think it was about – it was quite a fast first mile anyway. Um, just because it was a really steep downhill and then it was fairly flat along the harbour, but um, yeah, it was. But no, I, I, all, all in all, I'm quite happy with with my race. Um, 
it's it's a, a good bit off my personal best, but I mean it's not. I wouldn't say it's a personal best course, um, but it was a good indicator where where my training's at just now and where where I need my training to be for Chicago. Um, for me, I was aiming for about seventy one anyway as a as a decent result in that on that course, um, and I was also aiming for for you know a, a second place as an A, you know. I suppose my A goal would have been to beat Chris Jones, but I mean that's I, I think you would have had to have half a leg to for me to beat him that day. Um or even even just one leg. Uh, so so yeah, he was miles ahead of me, like he was almost five minutes ahead of me, which is incredible. You know, he ran sixty six minutes sixty six and a half for wow. for the half marathon in that course, which is phenomenal. Um so he's in Clearly, really, really good shape to to run really well. He's a, he's also in the Commonwealth Half Marathon Championships and he's representing Wales. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, he, you know he'll talk about his training and stuff. But this guy has got some talent to to beat. You know, I'm not saying I'm I'm any I'm in I'm in great shape just now, but to to, to beat me by five almost five minutes is it clearly showed that he's, he's he's got incredible talent. Um, so it must so yeah, a, I mean, it must have been a lonely run for you then, to be honest. After that first was, mile, certainly, yeah, it certainly was. You know, Chris, Chris had a, a good gap even after the first mile, and there was no way I was going to even attempt to run with him, just because I'm certainly not been running that that consistent speed for for some time. Um, so, so yeah, it was a bit of a lonely run, and I, you know, I did look behind my my shoulder a couple of times, and I could see Jason Kelly and yourself just behind Jason, like crack, you know, fairly fairly cracking on, like, and I was like, can you just piss off, will you? <laughs> you pissed off a bit. Yeah, Jason did, was yeah. still right behind me for a good bit of time, which was. was great to see. You know, Jason, you know, he's a young guy. I think he's only twenty two years old, and I, we keep mentioning it again, but he's he's improved his PB by about twenty minutes. In the last couple of years, it's it's incredible. Yeah, really impressive. What's he going to be? You know, the way he's going. What's he going to be doing in the next year or two years um, in terms of PBs? Who knows? Um, But yeah, yeah, really good to see him having a good race. Um, Obviously, he wasn't neck and neck with me. You know, the second half for me, I did. I, you know, I felt quite strong compared to last year, um, and I managed to to contend the hills quite well. Um, But yeah, just uh, you know, an okay time for me. I mean, I would be expecting for Chicago Marathon to be running around about that that time as a split. So, and obviously Chicago is going to be a um, a fast and fast course. It's good. We're going to talk about it again. The, the the field is absolutely stacked for Chicago. So there's going to be, you know not just at the top end, but the mid packers, um, you know the sub elites. There's, there's some really good standards. So I think there'll be a good group for me to get a really good time there. Um, and yeah, even even after today's run, I had a good run today, um, which I was quite surprised about given the the personal circumstances that I'm going through at the moment. Um, to to run such a good time um, for my split, so I think my speed's coming back. I'm just going to get the endurance back. So, so anyway, I I came in second place in 71 and a half minutes, um, and yeah, pretty happy with that. Jason Kelly was a bit behind me. And yeah, I really enjoyed the race. Thought it was a great, great result. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was good to get a couple of beers in and at the end as well, wasn't Absolutely. it? Tom? Yeah, it was good. A nice, uh, yeah. nice, nice catch up with uh, with us, Kenny Wilson. It was good. Yeah, yeah, you had, had one too many, I hear. Well, I didn't have one too many. I had, I, had, uh, I would say, I was, I went along to uh, a, a metro celebration afterwards. I had, a, I had a probably 
I, I, I had the right amount. I'll put it that way. So, yeah, uh, the, yeah. The, the right amount to, to to get those legs recovering for the rest of the week, then. Absolutely. So that was um, right. yeah, it was good, very good. So shall we talk about the results? Shall we let's talk about the results of the actual races then? I mean, if we start with the half, because we pretty much covered it. So we had uh, Christian Jones was the winner of the men's race in uh, sixty six. What was it? Sixty six thirty five. Yourself in second place, Mr. Kyle Gregg, seventy one twenty three. And Metro Aberdeen's newest recruit, Jason Kelly, in 72-20. And on the women's side, we had Sheena Logan of Fife AC. And as I've mentioned many times and will continue to do, uh, a former star primary people like myself, she won in 121-56. Second place was Katie Illef of Durham in 125-24. And third place, it was Jennifer Cruikshanks, also of Fife AC, in 126-26. Fantastic. Um, 10k result we had again we spoke briefly about this earlier Robbie Simpson 30.01 for the 10k oof what a result Um, his first 5k was ran in 14.45 outrageous Um, and I know it's a little bit downhill in the first 5k but like that's a that's a phenomenal time for that course I mean that it is a net uphill bear in mind it is a net uphill Um, not by much but there's a slight uphill. That's true, uh, yeah. In this, yeah. And the second half of it is m- more or less uphill. I mean, you've got two and a half miles uphill. That's right, yeah. And then you've got that, that kind of mild downhill, maybe. Um, but, yeah, like, that, yeah, incredible time. He looked so good when he was going past. Um, and to beat Kenny Wilson by, by a minute and a half is... Pff, I mean, Kenny's running really well just now. Um like obviously Kenny was in 3127 uh, and also our, our Metro man Cameron Strachan I, I believe that's a PB for Cameron is it, it is, 32, it, it 34? Is. Yeah. yes it is great run yeah. so again looking at those results now I'm not going to say how much if you've got a good conditions a really flat course what, what would you say you'd be taking off those times Tom I mean I get it's difficult I mean I think for example, if I take, I mean, I know, I know Cameron and seeing Cameron on the race, for example, it looked like he was particularly eight k when we saw him at His Majesty's Theatre. He was controlled in the sense he was sitting with the guy in third and kind of racing at that stage. So something like that, I think he's probably got some time to find. Kenny and Robbie, I guess the difficulty for them is that they're not even race. I mean, yeah, they're not. They are racing, but they're not. Robbie, for sure, it's a solo run, and for Kenny, largely the last. Part was a solo, well, the second half maybe he was trying to chase, but it's a solo run. I think you can certainly put Kenny under 31 minutes. And Robbie, I mean, for a guy who's really been training for mountain marathons and, you know, the longer distance stuff, to be able to tune up and run that sort of time, I really think that'll send waves across the the uh, sort of British athletics world. You know, that's, that's yeah. some run. And I think you'd be looking at something... I, I, I don't, I don't know, I'm pulling numbers at the air here, but surely you'd be looking at something, you know, at least a low 29, at least. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think, you know, Robbie's time's low 29s anyway. Kenny's a 30-20. Um, and, you know, I think the good conditions, flat course, is definitely a good, I would say maybe 40 seconds for, for each of the, the runners in that race. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, it's difficult to know because some people are, are suited to hills and they can run well in yes, hills. Whereas other, and, and also the downhills as well. You know, if you can run a good fast downhill, 
then you know you can you can kind of claw that back. Some some people just don't like running in a dead flat course, and um, it doesn't suit them. So for me anyway, like you know I I suit an undulating course, and um, so something like Ribble Valley 10k is quite a good course for me because there's a little bit up, there's a little bit of down. Whereas if you had me in a dead flat course, for me I don't know if it would suit my style of running. Um, and then you couple that with a big group of runners, like you know you're talking if you've got like three or four or five or six. That, that I think I mentioned it in one of the first episodes, like that can having that group that you can stay shelter behind can reduce the drag so much so that you're dropping two seconds per kilometer per mile or three seconds per mile off your time. So yeah. that's why it's so important when you're in a race that if you've got a really good group, try and work with them. And um, especially if you go for time, not place, or even if you go for a place, you know, like these are probably you work with them and then you know the last the last couple of k that's where your burn up happens you know the last 400 meters so um so yeah so yeah good good to see the the men's result you know standard being so so high uh, and also in the women's race it was a cracking race tom wasn't it, it was i think you're right and the key you're, you're absolutely right the key word there it was a cracking race that was a race if ever you've seen one yeah yeah definitely so we had um so uh Kelly Jarrett was in the lead about 7k into it and 3k to go and Ginny and Claire Bruce are neck and neck for second and third about 10 seconds back. Now Ginny comes storming through the field, overtakes Claire, overtakes KJ in the last what mile or so? And well, I must have been, yeah. Yeah, and wins by about 15 seconds and I know. You know, Kaylee's got the second, and and Claire Bruce uh, holds on for the third place. So, so Ginny ran it in 36:39. Kaylee Jarrett was 36:51, and Claire Bruce was 37:21, making it a one-two-three metro. So yes. there you go. And you know, delight for really delight for Ginny. Uh, Ginny is the is the ladies' captain of Metro Aberdeen. She's had. Injuries issues over the last year. She, you know, by own admission, didn't have a great race here last year. So it's great to see her ha- come here and get. That's a big win, you know, to win a great run event and to do, execute it so well is is really cool. And what? And I guess it's a uh, the the power couple of Aberdeen running now. And the set. Yeah. I have to admit. I have to admit. I think I, Robbie and Jenny do tend to listen to this occasionally. I was in stitches when I saw the "Love Is in the Air" headline. That was just <laughs> super. Oh, look at that, eh? Beautiful. Love is in the air. Yeah. Well, it was. It was a. It was beautiful to watch. It brought a tear to K Babe's eye. <laughs> it didn't adjust. It, it fired me up for the race. Nat. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I did so shite. Oh, no. It was so, fine. Yeah, well, while, so, while we were doing, well, we, I, I will, I'll put up a shout out to my wife. Um, so while we were doing, well, I was still in my bed. In fact, she got up at four a.m. to to go and do the Scottish hundred mile time trial cycling championships. A um, hundred miles it was. Um, so that was her race started at seven away a.m. and uh, she obviously didn't get finished until uh, just before noon time. So she ended up winning it, and not only did she win it, I mean, I'm, again, I'm blowing, blowing her trumpet just now, but where credit's due, even though it's a Tartan Running Shorts podcast, she out-trumped me, and uh, and she got the Scottish record, so it's been confirmed wow. as a, a Scottish uh, record for for, for women um, 
for 100 miles. Um, and that, yeah, for fair. me, I was cool. sparked by that because, like I say, I used to be able to go out for a cycle with her and, and, and I was like, she's quick now. Like, why can I not keep up? I, I, I didn't have to train to beat her. Now I, I have to. Um, so I'm going to have to get back in that bike if I want to go for a ride with my wife. Yeah, that's no, very impressive, very impressive. Is that is that you trying to uh, throw a claim in for a power couple? No, I just mentioned Robbie and Jenny. I, 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 well, a power multi-sport couple. Right, okay. I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back my blowing of my wife's trumpet for now. I'm going to save that to yes, right on the episode. Yes, exactly. Like, we have, that's, that, that's what we're going to have to call this podcast, blowing our wife's... Uh, trumpet. <laughs> watch it. See ya. Trumpet. Yeah. Right, swiftly moving on. So okay, moving I think, on. I think that's been a great, wrap up, a great wrap-up there, a great Aberdeen run. And for me, the overwhelming consensus is great event. Can't wait for next year. So what else do we have on this weekend in terms of racing? And racing? Race results? Yeah. You mean? Yeah, We've got the Perth 10K was on on Sunday. Um, and I don't know too much about this, this race, but... Oh, I know it's. Um, I think it's on the road. Not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, we had some some good results. We let me double check. The winner was David McNamara um, of Port Portobello Portobello Running Club. Uh, he went in 34.55. Uh, second was Billy Richardson, Irvine Running Club, 35.18. And third was Jonathan Peebles. Of PH Racing Club in 35.26. And the one female winner was, let me double check, da, 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 da. we had Joanne McEvoy in 41.58 of Calder Glen Harriers. Sarah Milne from Metro was second in 42.19. And third place was Sarah Hatch from Kinross Roadrunners in 42.40. So that rounds off, rounds up the 10k results in Perth. Very good. So we also had uh, the Speyside Way uh, Ultra Marathon, which is um, which is an ultra marathon part of this part. It's part of the Scottish Ultra Marathon Series Championships, and this is a race that goes from um, where is it? Where are we? Sorry, this, uh, this is terrible chat. It goes all the way. <laughs> 37, you know 37 miles it is. 37, 37 miles, miles, that's that, it. Going from the Craigenmore Distillery Ballandalic to the town centre in Bucky. Anyway, uh, results-wise, we had the winner was David McClure of Kilmarnock Harriers in 4.21. Second place, Neil McDonald of uh, Unattached in 4.32. And in third place in 4.38 was... Willie Rennie of Carnegie Harriers. I'm also going to give a shout out to fifth place, friend of the podcast, friend of the show, Metro Aberdeen runner, Will Stewart, who ran for fifth place in 506.48. So it's great to see Will continuing to come back. And then on the ladies' side, we had Alice Men- Mezinkescu of Bankery, local girl, 5.20. And in second place, Josephine Bjorkvist of Aberdeen University Athletics Club. And third place, Erin Rendell, Metro. Sorry, Shona Young of Lothian, Lothian Running Club in oh. 5.30. Uh, 
Aaron Rendell of uh, Metro Aberdeen was fourth in 5.37. So great representation from Team Metro there. Yeah, fantastic. Good results there. Uh, I'd love to do this race, actually. It's uh, oh, really? quite a fast one. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think well, maybe next year if there's, if there's time, I might give it a bash. Um, it, it was actually organised by um, legend uh, Don Ritchie. He was the, the organiser oh, yeah. of, of the okay. Speyside Way. So it's a lot of history. Um, it, it, it did stop for a while, I believe, and they, they've now um, they brought it you know, back to life again. Uh, so, yeah, really good race to do. Um, it's, I suppose for me, for, for any ultra, anyone who would like to sign up to an ultra, this is quite a good one because it is quite runnable. Um and it is along it is along a trail, um, easy, you know. You, you essentially it's impossible to get lost. Um, so yeah, I would certainly recommend it if you're looking to to do an easy ultra to start with, um, just because of the the, the you know the terrain, profile. the distance, the profile, etc. So nice. sign up for next year, folks. Cool. So what else has been going so, on in, in the world of running? What not running news have we got? What else have we got? So. I, I want to get this out just now, Tom, right? Now, I went for a run last week. And I was wanting to say it before, but I completely forgot that I, I put it into the show notes. This guy, right? I was running, just doing an easy run along Hazel Head. Now, as I was running, I was running, I was just running along, and I went past this runner and said, did say, say, said my hi. He, he, didn't, he didn't hear me because he had his headphones in. And then about a mile later, I decided to do it. It was an out and back course. So I turned around and then I ran back. And what did I find on the ground, Tom? I found some, I found a gel, I found a gel wrapper on the trail. Now, there was only one person that could have been that runner who went past me and he dropped it on the trail and he just left it there. Like, how can you do that? Like, why would you, why can you not just put it in your pocket? And just run along with it. Did instead you of just him? dropping it on the trail. No, but what I'm going to do, and I haven't done it yet, but just in case he did see me running at Hazelhead, I think it was last Wednesday. Was it last Wednesday? No, it could have been Monday, actually. It was. It could have been a Monday. Last Monday. So Monday the, let me check, the 20th of August. Now, if you were on that trail, and I go into Strava, and I find that on a Strava flyby, it's you. I'm going to hunt you down and I'm going to shove that gel into your mouth where it belongs. That gel wrapper. Because you can't be leaving gel on the trail. So that, that's my rant. And the other rant I've got, Tom, is how many times do you run past somebody and you say hi and they don't, they don't say hi, hi back to you? What's, yeah. what's your stance on that? Now, bear in mind, the times I say it, even if I'm going into an interval session, a 1K rep, eyeballs out, and I'm saying hi, another person who's running next past me doesn't say hi. And I'm clearly breathing out my ass and wasting my energy and somebody who doesn't say hi back. What's your stance on that, Tom? So I, if, if I'm not running, if I'm running regularly and someone says hi or I say hi, yeah, it doesn't, I, sometimes I don't really notice if they say hi back or not. I, I always usually expect at least a nod. And if they don't give it that, I think, okay, dick. But uh, yeah. To but that's fair. the thing, though, isn't it? Like, you could at least just, you know, if you can't speak, just do the, you know, the, the runner's nod. That's all you have to do, just a little appreciation. 
motorcyclists do it all the time. They drive, they cycle in a high speed, and they give they give every motorcyclist a little nod of appreciation. That's all I ask for. Do you know what I'm a big fan of is when you run past someone you know, you know, you run towards them and you get a wee high five. That's that, that's ah, what it's that's... all about. That's, that is, that's what it's all about. Exactly. Yeah. So instead of a runner's nod or highs, everyone has to give high fives in the way past. Even if you don't know them, just do it. All right. It'll make that person's life so much more positive all and that run more positive. What I will say to your original point is, now I do some of my reps on, say, Duffy Park and it's laps. The first time I go past someone, if I'm on an effort, I'll give them a nod. If I keep passing them four or five times in the session, I'm not giving them a <laughs> nod every time. I give them nothing after the first one. No, I've, no, you've you've done your bit. You've done your um, you've done your bit for the day, Tom. But another thing is, right? If they're staring straight at your face, they're staring at you as you run past them, and you say hi, and they then proceed not to say hi. Now, ah, oh, it just does my head in. So anyway, listeners, if you're one of those people, think about when that other person says hi and you ignore them. Think about how bad you make yourself look to, to that person and think about how crushed k-babe's feelings are on that you know he exactly. goes back to work and he's just in just ruined in tears yeah i'm ruined for the day yeah you'll make my life so much better you'll make me want to train i'll make you want to train for me to say hi to you so there you go anyway that's my rant right. over tom so, uh, i so should have said we, it earlier no well well done and we need to i think running rant should be something we introduce more often actually i like that that's it that's that's the type of discussion we should be having so, exactly. So I'm on, going to put out to, you, to the listeners, if you've got any rants that you want us to, to discuss, feel free. Um, and likewise, <laughs> if you want to discuss, if you want to rant on the show, phone oh, in yes. um, and we can get you on the show for even just a couple of minutes. Send a, 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 for a couple of send minutes. us an audio message of your rant and we'll, if, as long as it's not X-rated, we'll put it on. Yes. We've got a lot of a lot of juniors who listen to this show, don't we, Tom? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think. Well, I, I hope. I don't know. I hope we... not, but possibly, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, in hindsight, looking at the previous episodes, I hope not. Probably not. Hopefully. But right, let's get this to drag this back onto running news. Can I, Am I allowed to blow my wife's trumpet yet? Yes, you yes. can. That was my next running news. Run, yeah, running right. news. So there we so, go. The right. Do you news... want me to blow your wife's trumpet? No, no, that's how, no. How dare, how dare you? Uh, how dare you, sir? <laughs> so uh, the big news we've had this week, which is, well, it's been actually two last. So last week Wales announced their team for the the inaugural Commonwealth Half Marathon Champs, and this week Scotland have announced their team. And uh, I, we, it's delighted that Fiona has been selected to run for the the uh, the Scotland team in in Cardiff for that event. So that is a brilliant absolutely chuffed for her she's chuffed i'm so proud that it's so well deserved and you know the form she's been in how hard she's worked it's uh i'm just really glad that she's got that selection because you never know when you know selectors can go other directions but anyway that's excellent really pleased yeah uh just to give a roundup on the team then so for the scotland team in the women's uh, side we've got steph twell who's moving up from the track which will be really interesting to see how she goes um, we've got Fiona, and we have Annabel Simpson of Fife AC, who Charlie Bannerman pointed out is a lossy mouth birth, so strong representation for the oh. there. That theme continues on the men's side, where we've got good friend of the podcast, interviewee Kenny Wilson, Maury Roadrunners is, is in the team with John Newsom, Inverness Harry, another North runner, and Mike Crawley, the Christophan AC, who we've uh, mentioned a couple of times in results on the podcast, and he 
has already represented GB at 50k apparently. Yeah, he has. Yeah, um, Mike Mike Crowley's a, a crack and runner. He's he's a, 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 a I believe a low two twenty marathon. In fact, I think he's ran a sub two twenty. He has. He's ran a sub two twenty at marathon. Uh, is it Manchester marathon? He might have ran that. Um, and he is a sixty five half marathon runner. I'm sure he's a sub thirty or at least a low thirty ten k runner. So talented guy. Um, it's good to see him coming back into shape as well. So. Nice. Yeah, really impressive um, team. What I would say is, yeah, I know how hard Fiona works. Um, you know, she works hard in her work life and her training. Um, I, I don't know how you guys even have a have a love life. You, you never see each other. Um, he's always training. Should well, have, we, that, we ti- that, that should have been off it. the show, but you time it, do you? You schedule it in. We run at the same yeah. time. It works out fine. I get a lot of mine at lunch. But what I will say is Fiona's not... Fiona's not one for a big over the top, you know, social media posts and like that. But you know, she's she's she is so chuffed. She's really excited, and she's you know she the you know she's going there. For, she's at this level now for two reasons. One, well, three reasons. Firstly, her hard work, but secondly, a massive her coach Mike Johnson, who she has has just uh, she worships the ground he walks on in terms of the you know the improvement she's made under him and. You know how much respect she's got for you know him and and you know really really enjoys working with him and it's been a you know great input for Mike that she's got there and thirdly uh, also friend of the show but top physio I mean probably one of the best physios in Scotland James Cruikshank who is she's had niggles over the last sort of you know couple of years and James is is a top guy keeps her fit keeps her healthy and okay I'm again I'm biased and all this but that is I think these guys are you know behind these it's Really interesting for me to see close hand someone at that level. What you need and a good coach and in access to a good physio that makes such a difference. It really does. Uh, absolutely, Tom. What I would say is uh, fourthly is is Tom Bryan um, for for getting a for for those for those gains. You know, she's she's always got the carrot in front of you, and you are the carrot, Tom. Uh, we are. I'm the I'm the team chef. That's how it works. Yeah. I, I I I cook the meals. Um, well, that's so, yeah, it. you've, you've got is, a purpose to play as well, you know. So good result, and on the, yeah. just just to continue on the Welsh side. So we've obviously we mentioned in the podcast interview with Chris, which is coming up shortly. So Chris Jones has been selected, which is really exciting. Really excited to see what he does on a very quick course. Yeah, uh, the, the same course for Cardiff is the one they used for the World Championships a couple of years ago. Is that right? That's right. Yes, I think it's almost it's ninety nine percent the same course. So. Now, um, that would have been a quick course, but there was a storm, wasn't there? And ah, everyone right, yeah. was getting blown about. So the times weren't as, as, as good as they could have been, um, especially for the men's side. I think the senior race, the, the senior women's race, they managed just to get, just to get out before the, the, wind, the wind and the rain came along. Because um, that's where, um, I think it was the half marathon world record was set um, in 65 minutes, I believe. Or it was what it certainly yeah. was maybe one of the world's top times at the uh, at the time of the race. So there you go. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that's that rounds up the running news, does it? Is that the, is that right? Pretty much. The only thing I wanted to mention was, and it's not a Scottish race, but there's a Scottish interest. There was the New Balance Falmouth Road Race in I think it's uh, in the sort of um, east coast, north um, New England, I think district of uh, or state of of America and it's a it's a famous race a classic US race anyway Callum Hawkins was in action there so he um he 
what was interesting, Hawkins, it looks like he is slowly but surely coming back. But this race, is, it's a weird distance. It's 7.1 miles. And, you know, Callum had a, a pretty, what looks to be a, a reasonable run. I mean, not what you would expect from him previously. He was he was back in um, doesn't have to play, 26th place. Is that, no, that's 26th place, sorry. Um Oh, this list doesn't have places. Anyway, he was he was maybe tenth or twelfth in there. He ran thirty three fifty four for seven point one miles, but he was he was behind Chris Thompson. You know, Chris Thompson, thirty six years old, British athlete. He continues to to perform, and also Ross Millington, another British athlete, who was about um who was about a minute up the road from those guys. So quite um quite good to see a few Brits in there. But Callum looks like his recovery is maybe taking a bit longer than than we would have hoped so yeah 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 that's it yeah so it's certainly a stacked field um i know obviously callum's you know obviously what happened at the commonwealth games in the marathon he had heat stroke and from what i know it it can take a a long time especially the you know the nick of him at the end of it Uh, it it can take a long time to get to get back to where you were in terms of just help you know not only help but your running performance now running's not an easy sport you know like you're not playing tiddly winks or anything like that you're 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 having to really exert your body to not only um you know men you know mentally physically in terms of muscular muscular strength endurance your heart and lungs all those things um can really take a toll on your body so uh yeah i'm sure you'll get back to it he's got a really good network around him um and yeah it'll just take some time so hang in there Absolutely, yeah. hang in there, and hopefully he'll come good. Uh, he'll, he'll be back, raring to go in spring next year, maybe for some road racing. Yeah. So moving on, um, I think we're at the stage where we're going to open up the yeah. interview that you you had with Chris Jones um, earlier last week. So we'll just get cracking with it. And you want to do an intro, Tom, or have you got an intro in the the there's, actual interview? There, there's a there's a little intro in there, but yeah. Listeners who don't know, Chris is Christian Jones. You know, in a lot of results, he's a, a Welsh athlete. He has he runs for Dundee Hockey Harriers now, runs for Swansea as well, and he's a guy who really is has come to the fore and and on certainly the Scottish running scene in the last couple of years. You know, first time I really noticed him was when he won the East District Cross Country here in Aberdeen in 2016, and you know has gone from strength to strength. So really interesting guy, really nice guy. We met him on the weekend. And uh, the guy who, as Kyle says, is always smiling. So um, Chris talks to us a bit about his training and why he's always smiling. So enjoy. I'm delighted to be joined today by orienteer and runner Chris Jones. So hi, Chris. Hello. So we're really, we're really excited to have you on the show. We've talked, we've talked about you quite a lot in the results because you always seem to be uh, featuring in results. Um, but as well as a runner, you're obviously an orienteer. So, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, yeah, so I, I really got started into running through the orienteering. So, um, yeah, so I started orienteering when I was sort of 12, 13, just taken along by my uh, parents. Okay. Uh, sort of the whole family did it, just sort of in the you know, sort of a evening league in Swansea. And so, yeah, I, um, I I sort of started running really just to get better at that, and yeah, I've sort of done that ever since really. 
So, so you started off, was that, when did you, obviously we know you as a, well you're one of these guys with many masks, when I look you up in Power 10 you've got uh, Swansea Harriers, Dundee Hawks and Dark, is it Dark Peaks? Dark, Dark Peak, yeah, so I, um, I I went to university in Sheffield um, and I did sports science and so I, I was I joined Dark Peak which is a, it's a local fell running club while okay. I was there. Um, I then went to, I did a master's in Loughborough in sports biomechanics, and now I'm, um, I'm actually doing a PhD in sports biomechanics. Um, so it's in, um, biomechanics of golf, and it's funded by the RNA in St. Andrews. So I'm actually, um, at the University of Ulster in Northern Ireland, but, uh, I spend more time over here and I live here because that's where the funding is. Okay, so you're, are you based in St Andrews, or do you, or do you live sorry, in St uh, so Andrews I'm, or Dundee? So I live in Dundee and commute across, yeah. Okay, um, Okay. cool. And it, that's, uh, so when you when you were, just to go a little back a little bit, you mentioned you were at uni in Sheffield. Um, did you, is that when you, I mean, did you, was there a club running before you went to university, or did you start then, or is that, how did the... Yeah, you know, so I... Yeah, sorry. Uh, so I joined Swansea Harriers when I was at school, um, and sort of I did, I did a bit. I sort of just mainly went around for training. I did a bit of cross country, um, a couple of track races, but not a huge amount. And then when, when, when I went to uni, I sort of did the same. So I was uh, in the athletics club, but I sort of didn't do a huge amount. I did bits and bobs, um, and I did a bit more foul running, um, sort of. Yeah, hill running while I was there. And then when I went to Loughborough, I sort of got back on the track. Obviously, Loughborough Athletics Club is is very well known, Loughborough students. Yeah. And so that was really getting me back uh, running on the track. Uh, and I sort of really enjoyed being back on the track. So when I came up to Dundee then, I was I was quite keen to join, join, join in with a group on the track, which is why I joined the, the Hawks then, yeah. Cool. And in terms of the, in terms of that sort of orienteering slash running balance, do you? I mean, you obviously say you joined, you started running to to get better orienteering. Clearly, you're a, uh, you're a strong runner. Did you find, did you find that was something that um, you kind of discovered running? And how did you balance that when you were younger? And and I guess ultimately th- through to today, in terms of the you know, the focus on orienteering and running, or do you find they go hand in hand? Yeah, I, I do find they go hand in hand. So I, I was never, when I was sort of much younger, I wasn't I wasn't very good at running. And so when I was orienteering, I was always, I was a bit slower than everyone else. But actually, once I started doing athletics, it was pretty pretty soon. So maybe I was I don't know fourteen. So maybe a couple of years after I um, started orienteering, I, I got better a lot, sort of quite quickly. And so with, with the orienteering, it's at the end of the day, it, it's a running race. Uh, you have to navigate your own way, but you know you're at a huge advantage if you're faster than the the other people. So, yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I think you know, the training is is it, it sort of complements each other. Yeah. I, I find it yeah, it's all it's all good. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, when I was I was at university with guys like Murray Strain, Scott Fraser, the Tullys, and I was always impressed at how you know, these guys, what was at the time was a, was a second, you know, I, running was made out to be a secondary uh, hobby, yet they were all uh, seriously strong at it. But I guess, as you say, it really, it's just almost a variation on, on running. Um, 
And and you find that yeah, and I, on you go. No, so I think um, I think the orienteering because you 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 have to run over all sorts of terrain, all sorts of uh, distances, and it, just, it makes you quite versatile. I think um, so. You know, I, I don't think too much about running hill race or a track race or a, a road race because you know, when every orienteering race is different, so you don't get too locked into doing sort of one single thing. I think when you come to the running, then. And what I was what I was going to say is, yeah, obviously it's the, the orienteering strikes me as you know someone who doesn't orienteer, I've dabbled in it, but it strikes me as something that's much more yeah off road and. Um, Close to fell running. Do you th- have you obviously your track? You said you run track, but do you find generally you have a more affinity with with uh, you know hill running and cross country uh, than say track and road, or um, where do you with your running? Where do your preferences lie there? I think um, I think I think I enjoy a bit of everything. I sort of yeah. I I don't think I'd want to just run on the track or road. Um, I think I'd get a bit bored eventually, but I think so. I sort of focus a bit more on the, the really short distance orienteering, um, which tends to be in sort of more, more urban terrain. So, okay. like Edinburgh has a city race, and you know, there's all sorts of um, you know, it tends to be sort of uh, little housing estates and things that are quite complicated, uh, almost like little labyrinths. And um, so running fast on the road and the track is, is, is really beneficial for that. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, I like the variety, but I think I, if I had to choose, I'd choose uh, yeah, cross-country or hill running, definitely. And so you mentioned, you know, the, the sh- you used the phrase short distances there. For our listeners who are maybe not so au fait with orienteering, what, what sort of distances are you typically running at? And is it, you know, I guess that's, there's a range, but typically, what do you? What are the races on the calendar and the the major international events uh, raced at? Yeah, so um, at international, there's there's three individual distances. <clears throat> so there's the the sprint, the middle, and the long distance. Um, so the sprint is the shortest, and it's about uh, 15 minutes. Um, and uh, so that will be, you know, maybe just over 4k. Oof. But it'll be 4K uh, with lots of twists and turns and up and down steps and obviously navigating your own way. Um, and that'll tend to be urban. Uh, so it's, the navigation is more about making quick decisions. Am I going to go left round this building or right round this building? Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than sort of really uh, tricky finding controls. And then the middle distance is about 35 minutes and tends to be in the, the forest or the, the hills um, and that's really about sort of uh, difficult navigation and then the long distance is about 90 to 100 minutes and that will be again in the forest and hills And but it will be um, it will be difficult navigation again but maybe more about the route choice and the sort of um, you know, running a good race over 100 minutes rather than sort of really technical navigation like the middle might be. Okay. So they're, they're all sort of, they all complement each other a bit because uh, the skills are are pretty similar, but actually uh, there's sort of slight differences between the, the three. And how do you say you're running a, let's say, a 100-minute race? I mean, is that, um, or, you know, that rough sort of time scale, how, how are you pit, how 
much time is it between the controls and how much you know how are you pacing that like you would because i guess it's totally different to how you would pace um a sort of a running of you know a normal running event i mean are you are you allowing are you i guess you're not you must be navigating in the fly are you or are you stopping i mean how does that work yeah so um so for all of them you, you'll navigate on the fly you'll sort of read your map as you run um i, I, I think when when you yeah, when, when you stop, you, you're almost losing time. So sometimes it's it's really good to stop because if you've got a, a route choice and you pick the wrong one, you could lose much more time than just stopping. But if you if you can run and navigate on the fly, then you can gain time over stopping normally. Okay. Uh, so most most races are runners uh, sort of individual start, so like a time trial, like in cycling. Um, so you'll go off on your own and so you get very little feedback as you're going along so it's not like you can judge your pace off other people you have to have quite a lot of um confidence in what you're doing um so as i say i'm, I'm more focused on the, the shorter stuff so pacing doesn't really come into an issue in that it's um okay it's more about running hard for 15 minutes and yeah I guess that that must if you're that will go some way to explain your some of your strengths we've seen in uh, in some of the, your obviously your track performances this year. Um, so on the so just to I guess to come back to you you so you were, you moved to Scotland <clears throat> so excuse me you're studying in or studying in St Andrews and based in Dundee. How have you found the you know obviously you must you're competing in uh, for Dundee Hawks. Are you competing with a, or training working with a, a Scottish based orienteering group or is that something you you know do on your own and obviously then you're representing Great Britain I mean how, how does that work so I run for um, I run for Fourth Valley Orienteers which are based near Stirling but that's mainly um, there's a few other sort of really top level orienteers who run for them so when I when, you know if I go training on a weekend it's, it's quite good to a group to train with over there Um I think I tend to do orienteering, sort of navigation training for orienteering. Um, you do it on in weekends and on training camps, and it's not so much um, week to week. So it's almost you can train on your own for most of the year, and you know a few weekends or training camps, and real di- really dialing the navigation. So. Okay. And is that um, yeah? That must be. Is that something that you're if you your 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 season fluctuates with you've got periods when you're focused quite heavily on your orienteering and then you go into a, a running block or or is it something that you're you know it's permanently intertwined through through your year? Yes, yeah, so I, I, t- I tend to focus just in the run up to races. I've, I've I used to do it a lot more year round, but I find that um, basically as, I, as I've got older, I find that I need to do that a bit less. Uh, I can get away with you know, a really focused block before a, a championships and, you know, being really good form rather than, I think it takes a lot of um, sort of mental effort, but also logistically it's, it's difficult because, I mean, if you go to the same place to train, you, you start to know the map, you start to know the area. And so you have to sort of travel to do orienteering training. Right, so it, okay. becomes, it becomes very sort of, logistically quite quickly okay so you were you i mean i guess in scotland that's not easier but it's you know it's not as far to travel if you're 
competing in England, yeah, Wales, yeah, overseas, you have to travel ahead of time. There's much worse places to be than um, based in Dundee because I think it's it's probably only an hour and a half for me up to sort of D side, which have some fantastic yeah. forests. Probably two and a half hours to Aviemore, which again is is brilliant. And actually, in the central belt, there's some really nice terrain. There's some really amazing um, sort of urban terrain in, in Scotland as well. So it's there's worse places to be, really. Um, our, our Aberdeen listeners are, are I'm sure going to disagree when you say there's worse places to live than Dundee. That's uh, yeah. that's for sure. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so well, so obviously you're in. You're, you touched on it there on on your training. What? How does your typical a typical week of training look for you then? Um, say when you're in, um, you know, mid uh, mid season. So I, I, I tend to train. Um, so I'm, I, I'm self coached. Um, I sort of look after my whole uh, training, and I tend to train sort of I guess like a five k or ten k runner. Um, so it's, I don't think it's anything particularly special. I tend to put quite a lot of emphasis on just being consistent. So instead of trying to, you know, do a really big few weeks, I'll try and sort of, you know, get a really consistent, good, strong six-week block. And it'll be something like, um, you know, intervals on a Tuesday, um, maybe sort of uh, some strides on a Thursday, and a race or a tempo or something on the weekend and a long run. And then everything else sort of uh, easy running. So up to about 90 to 95 miles is probably um, probably peak. But I'll try and do that in a block of, yeah, say, six weeks. And I find that works really well. Okay. And you mentioned that you, you mentioned me before the, the, the show that you, you do some run commuting. Is that right? Is your, your yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I actually, so I used to work in St Andrews proper, which is which is quite easy because I could get the bus in in the morning, and then as long as I changed into my running kit at work, I could I got on the bus home and I could get off the bus at Lucas. Yeah, I know. It's just over ten miles from Lucas to Dundee uh, through uh, Kentsmere, the forest. Oh, lovely! So it's sort of, it's sort of big tracks and. Yeah, so that was very, that was really good. And actually, it meant that all on, the only motivation I needed to do the run was to actually just get off the bus. So, <laughs> you know, you've had a long day of work, and as long as you change into your kit and get on the bus, <laughs> I mean, you'd look pretty stupid if you changed into your kit, got on the bus, and yeah. got the bus the whole way to Dundee. So it was, it's quite a nice, easy way of making sure I did it when I was, you know, maybe feeling. You know, like I just want to go home and sit on the sofa. Yeah. And uh, and do you do? Are you still working St Andrews proper now? Yeah. So now 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 I'm uh, out in King Farm. So I know we are. Yeah. New, new offices out there. So it's, uh, it's probably I don't know six or seven miles south of St Andrews. Um. So I, I drive out to work now, but I still I'll try and get most of my running in um, either sort of in the morning before I leave for work, or I'll try and get it done before I get home because I find the worst thing especially through the winter is if you come in through the door and you, ha- you sort of have to make oh, yourself yeah. go out again I find that the sort of if I can just get it done before I do that it's yeah absolutely better. yeah before your bum hits the sofa yeah for sure and, how, yeah. and in terms of your you, you mentioned you do a, um, a, a session on a Tuesday do you train with a, do you train with the Dundee as a club or do you do your own sort of sessions 
Yeah, so I tell you, we've done the um, a lot over the winter. We had sort of a, a good um, session on the roads. Um, just in the few weeks before World Champs and before, you know, while I was doing some track running, I actually trained with Fife in St Andrews. Oh, yeah. Um, which worked well because I, I was passing through anyway. So that was just... So at the minute, Dundee's track is shut for refurbishment. Okay. So it's a bit awkward, but... Um, yeah, while I was uh, trying to do some races on the track, I thought it was probably best to do some training on the track as well. Um, so is that the track in St Andrews? Yeah, so it's oh, okay. just by the uni. Okay. Yeah, okay. They must be Five Face. He must be kicking themselves. So they managed to you somehow managed to move up here and work in work in St Andrews and not uh, compete for Five, especially with guys like uh, yeah. Del Rey. I mean, that's a strong. Uh, uh, yeah, but I'm living in Dundee, so I'll... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So, um, and in terms of the, uh, in terms of the, the sort of, the, the Dundee setup, I mean, you, that's, um, obviously for us being, uh, North runners, we see a lot of the Dundee vests around. Is that quite a, what's the club atmosphere like? Quite a, um, a buoyant club yeah. to be part of training with? Yeah, they're, uh, they're all very nice guys. It's sort of a nice group that go out for, um, for long runs on the weekend and, it's a good group doing intervals through the winter. So, I mean, I've sort of always been of the opinion that, you know, you can get good training with with anyone. So, you know, if it's a mixed group with intervals, there's ways of making it, you know, you run for time or you, you know, you, um, some people will run a bit further or, you know, you just, you meet, you do your warm up and you, separate a bit in the session but you still all run hard and then you warm down together I, I, I'm sort of I always think it's it, you know I think there's not too many people pushing me in sessions but you know maybe that makes me sound a bit um, maybe that sounds a bit yeah, bad but like, I know what you mean yeah. I, I quite enjoy training with, training with a mixed group you know yeah no, um, I, I think that's uh, yeah, yeah no, there's nothing as you say earlier, you're talking about cold winter nights. It's always good. To, I think it's always good to have folk, folk around you and um, yeah, yeah. some of the chat to before and after. Um, but Dund, I mean Dundee, obviously, yeah. I mean, it's a club and you know, and really, really impressive the way you know, as a size, I say we you know see a lot of vests um, at you know cross country and road races across across Scotland. Obviously, you know the success with yourself and even further down on the track, at, you got Laura Muir, Elish McCulloch. I mean, it's some. Uh, yeah. It's some squad, and even some of the, the I know some of our metro vets are always at um, uh, loggerheads with the likes of uh, Billy Gibson and Co, who are you know running well at the vet scene. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's impressive. Um, yeah. Cool. So in terms of, I mean, running wise, you've obviously had a. I speak as a as a athletics fan, not not really following your orienteering so much, but as a you know running wise, some of the, the last year we've seen, you know, you're into district win at Holyrood. Yeah, fifth in Antrim at the British Cross Challenge, which you know, looking at the results, a very tough field, a very impressive run. Um, um, I was up myself when you were. I saw when you ran um, a strong half in Inverness, and that you know, going under 75, 65 sorry minutes, incredible. Your BMC five thousand meters. I mean, what, you, have you done? Are you seeing anything? Are you have you changed anything last year to, or what do you see this breakthrough coming, or is it just you think a cumulative effect coming through? I think it, I think it's just a cumulative effect. I think when I, when I came up here, I was up here for maybe six seven months, and then I started to see 
sort of real games. So I think it was, uh, I came up here in the winter of 2015. And I think in the winter of 2016, I think I won Sterling 10K and then I ran sort of under 30 for the first time in Leeds Abbey Dash. Oh, yeah. And that was sort of, and I, I don't think I changed anything too much. It was just, you know, I was doing a bit more than the year before. I was really consistent. I hadn't got injured. And, um, yeah, so I pushed on a lot that year. This year has been a bit... So, um, October, November last year, I was I had an injury. I did... Um, it, it sounds silly now. So, um, do you know you know when you look at someone's training and you think, oh, well, you're, you're asking for an injury? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I did uh, a three-and-a-half-hour sky race one weekend and the weekend after I did um, sort of two orienteering races and uh, the Inverness 10k okay. and then the weekend after that I did the Glasgow half marathon Oof. and then I was miraculously injured for, <laughs> um, yeah so um, I, was, I had sort of two months where I was, um, I was off running for maybe a month and then I was building up quite slowly over the next month so actually um when it came to sort of christmas time and as you say sort of the inter-districts and antrim i was i was just sort of getting back into a bit of form so actually to get those were you know quite um yeah, they were quite a big confidence boost oh but i i didn't realize you'd been injured in the, in the you know in the last year that's that makes it even more impressive um yeah but what... it's uh, yeah I, I find actually you know sometimes when you're injured you um, you almost need the break as well. So I'd obviously hammered myself. So I think just having two months of injury, obviously it's frustrating, but it stops you from going doing something stupid and causing yourself any more damage. I think. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's, looking back, it's <laughs> not too bad. It's good. It's actually quite uh, reassuring to hear some of your standard, you know, talk like that because we've all done that. We'll. You know, uh, get carried away with mileage or races on consecutive weekends, and it's uh, that is quite um, yeah. reassuring. And of course, as I, of course, as the highlight so far, I haven't even mentioned. You know, the the you know to win the uh, the East District Champs that the Metro Aberdeen hosted ba- um, uh, in Balgownie last year. I hope you're coming back up this year, or sorry, 2016 it was. Yeah, I should do. I, I'm I, I'm very keen to regain that because uh, I didn't uh, Dundee Hawks. Exile Jamie Crow beat me at this. Yeah, that's yeah. I've got to make sure I regain that. Oh, good man! I didn't realize he was a he was an exile actually. I, to be fair, that was yeah. A, well, he yeah. used to, he used to be Hawks, and then he changed when he went to Union Sterling. Ah, I see. I jumped on the central, the yellow train. That's just uh, yeah, jumping exactly. on the bandwagon. I didn't. I mean, to be that um that East Districts in Livingston last year. That was. a a stiff field, and obviously, we, um, you know yourself, Jimmy Crow, Robbie Simpson was running. Um, you know that yeah. was a, that was. Hopefully, we can get we'll get we'll to assemble a similar field up in uh, up in Aberdeen this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Cool. So in terms of, I mean, as I said, so I I was with the beauty of Power of Ten and and you know being an Athletics Weekly reader, I was able to I've got an idea of, of your you know how well you've been doing at running. In terms of uh, orienteering, it, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, your Twitter feed is is is, uh, is, is the best uh, update I've had over the last couple of months. What would you say, how, in terms of career highs orienteering? Um, obviously, you're a GB uh, international orienteer. 
what 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 are your career highlights so far in orienteering? So um, yeah, so 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 when I was a junior, uh, I won the silver medal junior world champs in the sprint distance, the shortest one. And so since I was since I've been uh, senior, that's really where I focused is is on sprint, and um, I've been so in 2016 I was fourth in the world champs in the sprint. I, wa- I also won the world university championships. Oh, wow. And then this year I was, um, this year I was third in the European champs, but I I didn't have a great performance in the world champs when I came to 10. So I'm sort of, it's one of these things I really, I've got this goal of trying to win a medal at the world champs. I sort of, it was, a real sort of breakthrough for me to win a medal at the European Champs, but I, you know, something about it just being the World Champs um, makes it oh, a bit yeah. more special. Oh, yeah. So I, I've still got that sort of goal. It's it's strange because orienteering is a heavily European dominated sport. So the European Champs is it's the same people, it's the same sort of uh, names on the leaderboard. But uh, yeah, I've um, I've still got that goal to try and win a medal at the World Champs. Oh, fun! That's amazing. I mean, and yeah, yeah, that's incredible. I didn't realise that it was it would be such a European dominated event. So something that the the Americans don't tend to take up too much. Yeah, it's um, it's it's heavily. So it's I think it came out of Scandinavia, and it's the Scandinavian countries and Switzerland that really dominate um, everything. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a very very European based sport, and the the Americans do do compete, and uh, it's sort of a strong Australia and New Zealand team, but it's um, yeah, it's heavily European dominated. And do you so in terms of you've obviously when you have these these big events on on the calendar, you said you know earlier on you were for you mainly focusing on the shorter ones. Do you with your running? Um, long way we get into this question but I'm wondering do you manage your the races on your running calendar in line with those on your orienteering calendar for example if you've got a sprint orienteering event coming up do you tend to line that up with a with a, you know some 5,000 meter races and when you're at the longer ones tie that in when you're looking to try and build towards some say 10k or half marathon goals yeah so so this year I tried to um, yeah I was focusing on the sprint and I tried to timetable that was doing sort of a decent track season, focusing on the, the 5K. And I think that worked really well. Um, and then I sort of, actually, because I, as I said, I, I try and do my, most of my orienteering training in sort of a really intense block in the run-up. I, I find that actually in the rest of the year, I have plenty of time to go and do cross-country and hill running and road running. So, but I think, yeah, as I say, combining, you know, sprint orienteering and, 5k on the track is, is, is quite uh, quite good and they complement each other quite well. Okay, so we've got before I talk about about your training and future goals. I've got a couple of uh, well, listener. I say listener, listener question and Kyle question. So I'll go with the I'll go with our, uh, Kyle's question first. Is you must be the most the happiest looking man. apart from say Elio Kipchoge that you see on a in a running race. A is this is it a is that is it a false smile or and if not what is the what is the secret? Well, 
I, I don't know whether the question was uh, whether I know I'm doing it. I definitely okay, know I'm doing fair. it because I think I've got very good at spotting cameramen now. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think... Um, I just, I, I think when you're racing, there's a, there's a sort of tendency to be very sort of serious. And but I think, I think for me, I just find that um, takes away the fact that the only reason you know any of us do it is because we enjoy what we're doing. So I think yeah. for me, just sort of taking the you know second to give a cameraman a smile is uh, yeah, it just That's and brilliant. I think it relaxes me as well. So it's something that I I try and do, but. Um, as I think you pointed out in one of your shows that um, if you if you find a picture of me orienteering, I won't be smiling. Yes, but, yeah, you know I'll be focusing <laughs> on where I'm going. Yeah, I, yeah, fair. No, I like that's uh, I like that. That's 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 good. And in terms of uh, the other question, we've the other listener question. It's a two part. Part one. So uh, James Cruikshank, who I understand you you know well, yeah. um, James asks, uh, Chris, how do you manage the transition from road running to orienteering, i.e. being on a marked course or laps of a track to map reading? I think I think it's one of these things that I actually, because I learned to orienteer before I was a runner, I think it's, um, I think it's something I've always done, this run off road and sort of dealt with the twists and turns and I think actually you just sort of I don't know it's a bad it's a bad answer but you just you just learn how to do it um you know when you're running a road race it's flat nice road and it's easy but if you have the skills to do sort of steps and twists and turns they they just once you've learned them they don't really go away I think okay um yeah, so starting early was probably a good thing for that. Okay. And in terms of the from a, a training side, do you you mentioned that you go out for you'll go out and do orient, you know uh, navigation training. Do you yeah. is that something you look forward to more? You think oh, great, I've got a I'm going out to do some navigation training today, or or do you sometimes just think I'd rather just go for a a long run or vice versa? Well, I try and I try and when I get the navigation, I try and schedule it in. Um, so it'll be it'll be in one of these sort of blocks where I'm aiming for a race. So actually getting out with and doing something with a purpose is is really good. Okay. Um, and I find I, I think you know when you have a a really focused block of navigation training, you, you sort of or orienteering training. When you get to the end of it, you um, yeah, you, you definitely just want to go out and just do a run. But um, while you're doing it. Yeah, as long as you've got a focus, a goal, it's yeah, it's it's quite rewarding because it's it's a good feeling to to navigate well. Um, it's something that you know if you if you do well, you get good feedback because you find the you find the control points, you find the where you're going, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's a strange feeling. It's a strange thing to describe if you haven't done it. But yeah, it's, it's very rewarding or endearing in terms of yeah, when you're doing it well, it's. Yeah, I guess you get yeah you get to where you need to to be to the control. Yeah. How do you? What's your worst uh, navigation navigational experience? Have you ever had an absolute mare? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, it's one of these things. That I think actually every orienteer has had a, an absolute mare. Um, so I think when I was yeah, 13, 14, um, so very young, 
was doing this event in the Lake District, and the, the uh, I sort of absolutely lost no idea where I was. And I asked, um, I had to ask someone where I was. So I asked um, people on another course, and the person looked at my map, and then looked at their map, and they had a much bigger map with a much bigger part of the area on. And they said, right, you're not on your map. <laughs> if you look at my map. Uh, yeah, so if you follow this track, you'll get back onto your map. <laughs> so I've done that. And that's, that's something everyone has done. But I think, you know, I've made, um, I've made big mistakes in big events as well, big races as well. I, um, I uh, in the world champ for the sprint relay, um, and then, so last year, 2017, uh, we were third leg leading the sprint relay. Um, so third leg was my leg, uh, so it's a four leg relay. And um, we um, had a checkpoint on this forested hill. I just went completely AWOL for about two minutes. Oh, just no. couldn't, couldn't find uh, where I was. And it's in a 15-minute race, a two-minute mistake is oh. it's quite a big one. So we dropped back to about six, and I think we, we finished there in the end. So you just, at the end of the day, you make mistakes sometimes, and it's part, part and parcel of it. But yeah, when it, when it all comes together, it's a very, it makes it even better feeling, I think, then. That must be quite tough when you make a mistake in a, an event like that, and you've got to get over it and crack yeah, on. Yeah, I guess because I, really... I think it's easier... I think it's easier for me doing the shorter orienteering because you almost don't have a choice. You just, it's, it's so sort of, uh, there's no time to dwell on it. Whereas right. I think if you're, if you're really focusing on the long distance and you're, you've got a hundred minute race and you, you know, you make a mistake in the first 10 minutes, oh, it's got to be a real, real tough slog there to, <laughs> yeah. to get yourself dwelling back in, your in mind. zone. Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating. That's uh, I guess that's something that as a, a you know, a, a runner doesn't really have to deal with uh, so much. And then the set, the follow up. So I'm, I did drift a wee bit, sorry, but that was really interesting. The follow up question also from uh, uh, so James Cruikshank would like to know is, have you ever been dressed as an IKEA bag? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, well, I, pray I, tell. I, I dressed as an IKEA bag, probably not. But we did um, world champs in. Sweden, uh, they, they sort of have an end of championship party, and being in Sweden, uh, we uh, our sort of outfit for the night was whatever we could make out of an IKEA bag. Right. Okay. Um, which is a very good party idea uh, if you ever go to Sweden. That is yeah, okay. Very good. <laughs> so what did you, so okay so you're gonna have to tell us what did you make out of an IKEA bag then? I think I think I made like a little pair of dungarees because if oh, you've got nice, the uh, the straps, um, I I I'd say they're pictures, but I don't. I I think probably not. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say you're clearly. It sounds like you're clearly a trendy guy because I understand that you're the Team GB hairstylist as well. Well, I think that that happened once, and it's it's sort of become a tradition of this. This sort of championships tend to take place in the summer. Right. So you, you you arrive at a race and you you still can't have a haircut and you you realise it's thirty degrees and you've got like um, shaggy long hair 
you just need to. So we've had a, a few few championships where we've uh, got the um, the clippers out, and yeah, it's, okay, it's never right. good when you let your friend do your haircut. Yeah, that's brave. That really is brave. Yeah. Um, cool. So just to go back, a couple of things then to go back on, on sort of from a training perspective. I think people would be interested to hear from you. Um, strength and conditioning. Do you, is that something you do? You've got part of your training. Yeah, so it, uh, it is. It's something I do more in the winter. Um, okay. I find it a bit hard when it's, you know, really nice weather outside to convince myself to go and stand in a gym for mm-hmm. um, any period of time and lift heavy things around. But, um, yeah, so I've, I've been really uh, quite lucky with injuries. I've probably only had, I don't know, three or four injuries over the last oh, three or four years. Um, but I, I think whenever I've been doing the strength and conditioning, I've, I've had less injury. So I think it's just a necessary evil that okay. you have to, you have to put the time in and then, and then in the summer, I find that I come back off and, you know, if you've done the work in the winter, then you, you're sort of covered. Okay. And in terms of diet, what, what's your diet like? <laughs> um... <laughs> better now than it has been I, I got a bit of a reputation so when I moved to Sheffield um, my diet was horrible um, yeah and I've got a horrible sweet tooth and it was uh, I, I got the mix taken out of me for eating loads of donuts um, but um, yeah I'm, I'm, it's better now I think it's another one of those things where you just have to sort of yeah I think you grow up and you I learned to look after myself a bit better right I guess yeah well if you're in chef I I think I don't think there can't can't be many students who have a who have a a top diet to be honest Um, that's (laughs) that's also another reassuring thing to hear if you come from you so um, cool so in terms of I mean I you know just before we talk about I guess close out a few things about what's supposed to come from you you know thinking of back this year your running year um, you know I mentioned some of the the sort of impressive performances. What do you, what what performance in the last year has pleased you the most, and and why? Um, I think there was um, there was one week in July where I had a, a very good week because I ran. There's a a, a relay, an orienteering relay in Finland okay. called Yukla, and it's uh, seven leg relay that starts at 10 o'clock at night so you're running the forest with um, head torches and it's it's a massive event and it's a I think it's something like 1600 teams of seven so it's wow. I, I don't know the maths is beyond me for now but um, <laughs> it's, yeah, a, lot of it's a huge event and it's sort of almost like it's got almost London marathon status over there oh, wow. it's a bit like you'll get people doing it for charity and your, your work might put together a team to do it but then at the top and it's sort of you know world class oriented as well oh cool and so I run for a, a Norwegian club um, in these races and um, I run first leg and so I came back in first on first leg in that relay, and it's 1,600 teams on first leg. It's, it's wow. quite an experience. That's cool. Um, but I also I did that, and um, so one of my friends from Sheffield University, uh, a guy called Ralph Street, 
he came back in second. So we actually had a bit of a, a sprint finish, you know, 11 o'clock at night <laughs> in the uh, middle of a Finnish forest and this, uh, you know, on Finnish TV. Oh, and that, cool. was, that was amazing. That, um, that's something I sort of always remember. And then the, the week after, I went to Loughborough and I ran so my 5K TV. And I went to Loughborough and it was sort of, the race was paced at 13.45 pace. And I sort of said, said to myself, well, I'll just I'll go with the pacer. And, you know, what what will happen is I'll probably die horribly at about 3K. And then, but hopefully I won't die so much that I won't I'll try and still break 14 minutes. Yeah. Because I, I think my I'd run 14.03 on the road before. So I was like, I really want to break 14 minutes. So I'll go hard. And if I die, hopefully I've still got enough leeway. And I just, I felt really great. And um, I just never I just kept that pace and ran 13.45. So, so that, was a, that was an amazing week. And just all, all came together. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, the 13.45, I've got, I was looking on, on uh, on power return earlier. I mean, that's got you at eleven in the in the, in Britain this year. I mean, that's amazing. At this yeah. stage of the season, where so many you know we've had so many meets now, you know, it's not like someone who runs a strong race in January. And, I mean, that is really impressive. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, fantastic. So yeah. as I say, that, that it almost surprised me as much as anyone else because <laughs> I just I just went with it and yeah, it was a good day. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of um, I mean that's some career or year highlights. What are your future goals? What's the um, what do you see on the calendar in the next year and in the next sort of you know five years that that motivate you? What what are you looking to do? Um, I don't I don't tend to think that far ahead. As I say, I've still got this goal of trying to win a medal at the World Orienteering Champ, but nice. I tend to think you know six months ahead at best. Okay. Um, so now I'm sort of. I'll run Cardiff half marathon in the start of October. Okay. And then I'll do a cross country season. And I'd really, I'd love to try and get a GB vest on the cross country. Probably not at the Eurocross, but maybe at, um, well, what, uh, was Edinburgh Cross, it'll now be Sterling, Sterling Cross yeah. uh, in January. Um, so I'd, I don't think I'm that far away from that, so it'd be a good thing to to try Absolutely. and do. Um, yeah, and I say I don't really think much further ahead. And what about um, you know you, the, the distance-wise? When I mean, you've had a strong half, you've got the the um, that half you mentioned in Cardiff, which I think that's actually the that is that not the Commonwealth Games half this year? They're going to do this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are Will? Are, I mean, are Wales putting a team in? Yeah. So I, I, I should be in the Wales team. Oh, fantastic! Um, yeah. Oh, so you will be. Oh, that's fantastic! Oh, fantastic! I mean, to to be, yeah. to be competing in a in a that's a championship vest then. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. oh, congrats! That's fantastic. That's uh. So. Yeah, and I, I've, it's one of these things that I never. So my first time I ever competed for Wales was um in twenty sixteen, um. So I never competed at any of the age groups or schools level. Okay. Uh, so it's quite—I don't know—it's um, it's something that I almost never thought would happen because I don't know. You see people who compete for for Wales or Scotland or 
any of the other countries, and almost a lot of them are the ones that have come up through the age groups. Mm-hmm. So I, I still, I've still got this, like, it's almost still a novelty for me to to compete for for Wales or yeah, in anything that's not orienteering. Yeah, that's, I'm quite right. I mean, it's such a great, um, yeah, it's a great achievement. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not like Wales are short on strong runners. So to, to, to you know, to get that sort of selection is, is, is incredible. And what about moving up? Do you, any, any thoughts on, on a marathon? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, def- I'll definitely do a marathon. Uh, I think it's one of these things that it's on, it's on the bucket list, but I don't, I don't want to do a, a half job at it. Because I, I think, I, I see, I, I read a lot about other people's training and you see the sort of work that goes into a good marathon build. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's, I, I sort of see the difference going from 10K to a half marathon. So when I ran in Inverness half, uh, I, so it was, uh, I was running at the front with Robbie Simpson. Yeah. And we were running sort of the first 5K and I was feeling great and just thinking, yeah, this is this is great. And then the next 5K, I was like, yeah, still feeling great, but, you know, starting to get a bit tired. And you're looking across and it's like, and then the next 5K, I was like, you know, it's starting to hurt now. And I was looking across and I was like, and Robbie still looks like the first 5K. <laughs> and so, so I think like the, the guys that, marathons are obviously trained for that sort of thing whereas for me even doing a half it's like it's a long grind and I think if yeah. I want to do a marathon which yeah I will do eventually um, I've got to train myself for that that sort of race mm-hmm. I mean I'm, I'm actually I was going to say uh, uh, I, I, I think it's great because I think too many too often it's a case of it's assumed people you know always step up and there's you know there's nothing wrong with getting times Focusing on times yeah. at shorter distances at once, so I guess the the question itself is a bit yeah. hypocritical. So that's um that's great. You no, know, I still think I've got a little bit of leeway in my half marathon time. I still think I can bring that down a bit. And mm. so while that's the case, I'll probably not step up. Great. Well, hopefully, I mean, the Cardiff. I look at the. I was looking on the, the website uh, a couple of weeks ago. That looks to be a really good course, quick course, and if, if you know if it's. Good conditions with a, a field like that. Hopefully, you get yeah. you'll get um, yeah. it all should together be, for you. Should be a stacked field at least. Yeah, so. and of course we're going to see you in half marathon action this very weekend in Aberdeen. Yes, yeah. So that'd be cool. Um, so yeah, that's uh that's great. I think the it's probably not the quickest of courses, but it is a it's it showcases the finest parts of Aberdeen. So um, I'm yeah. sure you'll I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Great. Well, that, that's brilliant, uh, Chris. It's been really good to talk to you. So before we let you go, I'm going to um, just rattle through some of our fartlet questions for you, if that's okay. Yeah. That's right. Great. So if you're ready, I'll, I'll crack on. So, favourite shoe? Um, favourite shoe? Uh, I'm currently... Well, I, I had my first pair of Nike Agatha uh, a while ago, but... Um, or, well, earlier this year, and they are absolutely nothing special in a shoe, but they were. I think that's a that's a good thing. Yeah. Like for a training shoe, I, I really like them. Yeah, not not even noticeable. Yeah. Pre pre race meal. Uh, something like porridge or yeah, something and oats. Nice. 
Dundee Hawks or Swansea Harriers? Oh, I, 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 I'm going to have to go with Swansea Harriers, <laughs> even though uh, you know I might, have, I might have people coming around egging my house. <laughs> Favorite race? Um, so it, running race, I'd say high high gate night of the 10k's, absolutely amazing race. Um, uh, orienteering, uh, something like that, Eucla Relay in Finland. Okay, cool. Interestingly, that's a, you're the second person after Mary McLean to say Highgate. That's, uh, I think that's definitely the most popular yeah, answer. Unbelievable atmosphere, yeah. Cross-country or track? Uh, cross-country. Co or a vet? Um, well, I, I've read a vet's autobiography, so I'll have to, I'll have to say a vet. Okay. Favourite running distance? Uh, probably the 5k. Favourite beer? Um, oh, there was a, a fantastic beer on tap in Sheffield called Moonshine. Okay, nice. Um, Favourite session? Uh, something something repetitive, like, uh, like K's or 400. Okay. Pump up music. Um oh it it changes changes regularly. Uh I like I like I like listening to albums so I can just put on one album and it will be the same thing. Okay. And uh lastly running or orienteering race. Oh, I've got to go with orienteering. Right, nice. Stick to the roots. I like it. Great. Yeah. So finally Obviously, you'll you'll be aware of our beer mile chat. So, have you first? Have you ever run a beer mile? Uh, no, no. But I've run I've run uh, orienteering races, which combine drinking. Okay, how does that work? Is that just with you well, navigate as like, well? Yeah, you do. You'll do loops, and you'll do a drink after a loop. But okay, um, that must be chaos. Obviously, because you have to orienteer, it's it's pretty difficult. Yeah, that's crazy. That is okay. So, well, you must be reasonably well versed then to answer this. So, what would you if you had to put your your neck on the line and commit to a time you think is realistic for a beer mile, what would you what would you you think you could shoot for? I'm horribly slow at downing beer, so I think I think I'd probably struggle to break about six thirty. Okay, right. Okay, it's interesting. Everyone, all everyone, and I'm put myself in this bracket. Everyone says. I can't. Uh, I'm horrible at downing the beer. So I think we're if we ever do organise this, we're going to, have to uh, introduce a couple of non complete non runners, but strong drinkers just to, as as controls to see. Yeah, how, I think I think so. How it goes? Great. Anyway, Chris, thank you so much. That's been uh, really good to catch up with you. I really appreciate getting your time. Um, no and we look forward to uh, seeing you. We might even um, get a couple of words with you on um, on Sunday after the after the great run. Yeah, no problem. Great. Well, all the best for the season. We'll speak to you soon. Perfect, Tom. That was really good, really insightful. And yeah, thank you very much again, Chris, for um, coming on the show and uh, and hopefully continue to listen to it and uh, we'll hopefully get you on again after you after all your performances um, in the, the upcoming uh, season, I suppose, in, in cross-country and in, in the Commonwealth Half Marathon. So, well done. So upcoming races, Tom. There's quite a few things happening this weekend. In fact, there's in, in locally and and internationally. So we have the Scottish Mid Trail Championships in Fife this weekend. 
Now, when this goes to press, I don't believe that entries are going to be open, but I would encourage you to, to check the website. Um, there might be entries on the day. Um, now, this race, Tom, I, I won this. I, this is my first ever national title uh, nice. a couple of years ago. So, um, so there's one I had to mention on, on the show. Oh, quite, quite <laughs> my, right. my, my, my very first national title after 20 odd years of running. Jesus. First and, so not, last. First um, and not last, though, that's important. Well, that, yeah, that's true, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, well, you were the Scottish uh, yeah, ultra so, champion this year. That's right, yeah, yeah. Trying to keep it in the year, year on year, but can you do, do. I missed one. I missed one. I missed out in one last year, but hey ho. Um, so yeah, that that that'll be an interesting race. I haven't looked at the. I have looked at the lineup just quickly, and I noticed Andrew Andy Douglas is running. Um, John Newsom as well. Uh, ben Hugens. We have. Uh, oh, who else have we got? We've got Graham B in Inverness. Um, Ryan. Oh, it's Ryan Thompson, who's a top 10k runner. So it'll be interesting to see who's who's gonna uh, battle battle the male podium there. Uh, and sorry, I I didn't look at the females who were running. Um, my bad. Um, but yeah, we, we if if I get more time, maybe we can do some more previews like we have in the Great Aberdeen Run. Absolutely. So there, there you go. So other than that, Tom, we have what else do we have happening? We have the Glenmore 24, is that this weekend, is it? That, that is this Must weekend. Be. So, uh, it's a race, I don't know anything about the field. I know it's how far can you run in 24 hours or 12 hours, depending on which race you, you're uh, running. But I think the main thing we want to do is give a big shout out to old man Dave, Dave Andrews of Metro Aberdeen, who has been a, a presence on the podcast before. Dave is, is going back to defend, hopefully, his title. So, good luck, Dave. You can Good do luck, it. Dave. Awesome. Um, we also have now this, this race. I'm going to chat to you about this race, Tom, because I am dying to do this race. Now, most ultra runners would chop off one one ball to do this race. Now, that's male's eyes. Um, so, for me, I would love to do this. It's the ultra, the UTMB in Chamonix. Um, it's Ultra Trail Mont Blanc. Now, this race, um, there's different races on, on the calendar there's the, but the UTMB is the pinnacle one um, and it's a 170 kilometre loop that starts in France and it passes through Italy into Switzerland and once again returns to France now it's got 10,000 metres of vertical climbing in it um, and it is considered uh, certainly the pinnacle of, of 100 mile mountain running um, yeah so it's, it's going to be it's going to be a great race it's on I think it starts this Saturday. I'm not sure what time it is, but I mean, I'm sure if you look up um, the UTMB website, you'll be able to see the timetable. There's different ones. There's, um, there's the OCC, there's the CCC, which are all different dis- different dis- distances and um, and uh, elevation profiles as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a really, really exciting race. There's Killian Journeys. He looks to be the favourite for the race. Um He's never actually won the race because uh, Francis Duani he he won the race last year, but he's not he's not running this year, um, so he's going to be um, it's going to take a lot for somebody to beat Killian, I believe. Um, there's a couple other guys who who who've been in the result in in the top three. Tim Tolfson, uh, he's placed third twice now, um, and so he should know the race 
inside out, I would, I would imagine. Um, the World Trail Running Champion uh, from Spain, Luis Alberto Hernando. Um, so I think he's going to be someone who's, who's going to be up there, and I wouldn't be surprised if he he knocks in the door um, of of Killian's, uh, you know, Killian's, Killian's um, being the favourite as well. So Jim Walmsley as well. He's won the, you know, he's the recent Western States um, record holder in hundred miler. So I, I think he's definitely looking to, to to win as well. He was fourth last year, um, so it'd be really difficult to. For him to not make the podium, um, yeah, Xavier Devinard, I believe that's, uh, and closer to home, and we are actually got a, an interview signed up with one of the UK's top ultra runners, um, Damien Hall, as well. So he's agreed to come on the show after the race to chat about it. So Great. he was 12th last year, um, so he'll be looking to get a top 10. I think that's his his goal. Um, so yeah. Exciting times. And then over at the women's, I'm not going to go into too much over the women's field, but we've got Mimi Cocta, um, who was a 2018 UTMB champion. So she's back again. Um, we've got, uh, who else have we got on the UK side? We've got Stephanie Violet, who, who was one of the U- US girls, uh, Magdalena Boulay, uh, and GB girls, Beth Pascal and Joe Meek are the two Brits who, are potentially going to turn turn the heads of, of for you know the in the top ten hopefully. Uh, Joe Meek was in the World Trail Running Championships with me last year, so good luck to Joe. Um, and yeah, that that that's about it for me, Tom. And, and that that's my wee preview for the UTMB. But uh, what I would encourage you definitely look go on Facebook and sign up, and you'll see the the sheer scale of it and the sheer atmosphere. It's it's an incredible race to be part of. It's one of the biggest ultra races on on the planet and just a real festival the whole week it's the chamonix closes down and um so three and, so three celebrates uh, it. three years ago me and fee spent we were in chamonix the week of the utmb we were doing we were, uh we spent a week running on the trails on the the the, the other side of the valley from mont blanc and uh and it was amazing absolutely amazing place to run we were and to see the event and the atmosphere there in the town was incredible the we saw the start of the I think it was the CCC we watched the start of and then we saw the end of the UTMB and it was there were people coming in for I mean just forever you know it was unbelievable we watched these guys come in at night and the atmosphere in the town centre was just unreal absolutely unreal and it was so just such an inspiring event to be around and I think although it's certainly probably beyond me now yeah I mean I I think you know, it's one of those things you would have to be into ultra marathoning and into mountain running to be able to get all the qualifying. But yeah, I think you should. We want to see Cal Greg run that in 2019. That's the plan, Tom. That's nice. the plan. Hopefully, there you I go, need listeners. to get. Uh, I need to get some some vertical. And um, interestingly, though, this year, um, ideally, I would have probably wanted to do it this year, but I never had the points. And um, so, but. Uh, Dude, all the ultra running I've been doing, um, I've managed to stack up the points, and uh, I've got. Oh great! You need X amount of points to be able to qualify, but whether or not you're an elite runner or if you're a, a you know a, a non-elite runner, um, but also I've got the elite criteria as well because you have to get over 750 ultra okay. points to call it. So I've got 803, which means that um, 
fingers crossed, providing that the, 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 you know the the qualification doesn't change, I should get a an elite place in in, in the in one of the races there. But cool. I, I don't know what I want to do if I just go all out and do the UTMB, or if I go go bigger, go home. I suppose, or should I go 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 smaller and work my way up? I'm I'm not sure, Tom. So um, uh, if anyone's got any any advice, let me know. Who knows? When we when we were out there, we did the they had the VK on, you know the they had that vertical K. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. obviously I didn't enter, but there was a couple of days afterwards. I thought, you know, what, I'll just go and run the course to flat out see how I can do it. That is that is that is amazing. It's underneath this the chairlift that goes up on the let's say the opposite side of the valley from Mont Blanc, and it's just unbelievably how steep it is. And you and it was flat. I think I was like I can't remember off the top of my head. It's like forty five minutes or something. It's like two two and a bit miles, thousand meters climbed. And it's a bit, I really enjoyed it. It was sort of, you know, a bit of scrambling at the top uh, to get the last sort of, I would say, you know, quarter of a mile, half a mile is just, you know, you're on hanging on to chains and all sorts. It's really cool. Nice. So that that would be if you do, maybe I'll come out and do the VK if you go out and do the the big gun. That sounds good to me. That's a little a little deal there. Yeah. Right. So, Excellent. So taking back from if you're you're the you're the ultra trail rep, I'll. I'll bring us back onto Britain and onto the road. So this weekend it's the um, Trafford 10K, which we want to talk about because big news is Scotland's Andrew Butcher is making his return to the to the racing scene. So we're really excited to see that. The field is is rapid. I mean, there's 11 guys who have run under 30 minutes on the on the start line. There's been a bit bit of Twitter banter in the build-up. Mark Scott, current British 5000 meter champion, who also uh, ran 13:45 a 5k, the Midchester 5k. In fact, last week to go for the to be the That's fastest right. fastest 5k time this year by a British athlete. He he was getting a bit. I think Butcher was giving it some Twitter Twitter trash talk out on the year about the lack of stats at the 5000. As he does, as he does. Mark Scott, I think, rose to it, and, uh, and now he's put up a wee tweet with a shh sign. So um, he's I think he's fired up for it. Uh, just to just for the new athletics fans, just to go through the the other names running, um, we've got Richard Allen, who's run twenty eight fifty four. Scott Overall, who's run twenty eight fifty nine. Nick McCormick, who's run twenty nine oh four. Um, and uh, there's those guys have all gone also under fourteen minutes for five k. So seriously, uh, seriously stacked field, and that is going to be very that, interesting. That is a rapid field, if I say so. Wow. In fact, oh, well, talking, that'd be good to see. Yeah, absolutely. So that is Sunday the 2nd of September. So yeah. keep an eye on the results for that. Yeah, we'll certainly chat about the next next week anyway. Absolutely, in the, yeah. In episode 19. Grand. Okay, um, other things. I think we've got a few other local races coming up. But as as always, um, I encourage you to check uh, Run ABC Scotland and the Scottish Athletics website. They've got some good good uh, coverage on, on on the event the event schedule. Um, the other thing I was going to mention was that the, there's Salmon How to Trail Workshop. Now, we've got a variety of listeners who, who maybe haven't done that much trail running but would like to, to have a go. Um, we have got one in different places around Scotland, actually. Uh, the first one is on... Oh, God, when is it? It's... Da-da-da... It is in Edinburgh on the 13th of October. And there's also one, sorry, that's a lot. Yeah, 13th of October in Edinburgh. Um, 
and there's also one in Aberdeen on the 21st of October in Kirkhill Forest. So, uh, and then next week is in Glasgow on the 27th of October, and finally there's going to be one on the 11th of November in Inverness. So, what I would say to you is, if you do want to sign up, it's absolutely free, and um, you'll be guided around the course uh, by one of the one of the athletes uh, who's going to be there. Um, and yeah, yeah, you just have to go on, on the website. It's uh, howtotrailrun.salomon.com and you'll be able to find and select where you want to run. Very good. Are you going to be attending that, Kyle? As a Salomon yeah, man? Yeah, I'll be, yeah, I'll hopefully be attending the one in Aberdeen. Um, and yeah, what, what I would say is you get to try out some of the kit as well. So like the, the shoes and the the race vests and stuff so if none of us have tried that then it's a good opportunity to to play around in the trails for a bit great very good well on that note then we will um we will bid you farewell but as always if you'd like to get in touch with us please do you can email us on tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com you can get in touch with us on facebook on at tartanrunningshorts or you can get in touch with us on twitter at tartanshorts and um, we've got a good interview coming up next week, don't we, Kyle? We do. Um, we're going to keep this one hush hush just now, Tom. Um, we're going to oh, really? keep, get, keep the listeners, uh, yeah, keep keep the listeners in suspense. Um, we might we might announce it at the start of of next week for you. He can run up mountains. There's your clue. He can run up mountains. Yeah, he can also run down mountains. So. He can, yeah. yeah Very good. Right. Another okay. fantastic episode. You've 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 made me that I'm in a better mood than I was before the episode speaking to you, Tom. So you've made my Good. made my day better than it was. So there, we, that's thank you for that. And hopefully you've you've enjoyed this, listeners. Any questions, queries, or feedback, any rants that you want to have on the show, fire our way. We'll be more than happy to to promote them. I'm really looking forward to this feature. Actually, running rants. I'm really looking forward to that. I've got a couple I'm going to boil, I'm going to prepare for next week. Fantastic. There was another one I was trying to mention, but I can't remember what it was. But we'll, we'll keep it for next week. Very good. Well, have a good week. Yeah, have a great week as well, um, Tom. And I will see you all. I won't see you all next week because I never do see you. I just stare at my blue snowball mic and Tom's well, face. Well, you, you do see them, but they just don't say hi back to you on the prom. That's the problem. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you are one of those listeners, that I, 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 what I will say is, if you're listening to Tartan Running Shorts and you don't say hi, that's absolutely fine. If you're not listening to Tartan Running Shorts, then that's not, and you don't say hi, that's not fine. So. Excellent. Anyway. On that note, goodbye. Bye.